Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. All right, here we are back. Uh, this is the Influent Podcast, and this is Bob Frazier and my partner, Jim Mafuccio. And I'm here uh, to continue our previous discussion about Integrity Correctional Center. And this is this is the coolest story you will ever hear. And uh, I've got here with me Dave Burris and Bill Corum. These guys were founding founding folks in this Integrity Correctional a Jesus Jail. And absolutely crazy story. Um, I remember sending a reporter to go visit this jail. This was maybe 2003, 2004 timeframe. And she she went and heard about this Jesus jail. She went and visited it. And I said, what was it like? She looked at me bewildered and said, it was, I've never seen anything like it. And I said, what do you mean? And she's, she said, well, Bob, I was walking down there and the prisoners were leaning out of their cells or whatever they were doing and yelling at me as I went by, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and... And and she said she said yeah they they have a prayer meeting that's attended by over ninety percent of the of the inmates and, and daily prayer meeting and just where the Lord is just moving and so this is this is this incredible story a miracle story about a couple of guys including a felon right who 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 got a an idea to start this prison and. Uh, started it uh, is a place to for Jesus to love people, place to actually help people that are hitting bottom and be able to to turn things around for them. So I encourage you to look at the uh, get get the last podcast where you went in a little bit more details about this. But tell us a little bit, Bill, about just how this thing got started and and really what happened here. So you're a, you're a you're a felon, you know, start there. Start with just, you know, Well, I, Bob, I don't think uh, that I could do this justice without telling you the the whole story. Uh, I was in prison ministry. I was the correctional services director for the Salvation Army um, over the state of Kansas and western Missouri. And one of my volunteers that I took in, I had about 150 volunteers also, and um, went into every prison and jail in the whole state of Kansas. And one of my volunteers came to me one day, and one of the jails that we visited was a private jail, not owned by Christians, but it was a private jail that was wow, okay, uh, owned by a guy just wanting to make money. That's all he really cared about. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my volunteers and I had visited that jail a few times, and it was really being run with no scruples at all. It was horrible, really, what was going on there. Uh, the guy that owned it was taking advantage of the inmates, uh, using them for slave labor, really. I mean, he'd give them a pack of cigarettes to chop a quarter wood or something. You know, it was really bad. And he let them smoke because he didn't care about their lives. Our jail was a non-smoking jail. Uh, no drugs, no no tobacco in our jail. Um, and so this this volunteer of mine said to me one day that he felt like God had told him to build a jail. And my volunteer was in a wheelchair. He was, he'd been shot in the back. He was an ex-con himself and he'd been shot in the back and was, had been, uh, crippled from the chest down 
for many years. And um, he said, I feel like I'm supposed to build this jail and I got a couple partners. And uh, I said, oh, that's great, you know, whatever. And uh, every time I'd see him, I'd say, how's the jail idea going, Ronnie? And he'd say, well, man, every time I get together with my partners, all they talk about is how much money we're going to make. And I don't even really care about that. I just want to tell these inmates about Jesus. And I said, okay. And so he'd complain about these partners. And I said, well, let's pray them out. And so we started praying that they would have other interests. And one day when I'm <laughs> come to him and said, hey, I don't think I want to do this jail thing. I'm going to do something else. And Ronnie's like, okay, whatever. And then the other one did the same thing. And so now Ronnie's by himself. And he said, will you get involved? And I said, no, I won't. I'll pray for you, but I'm not interested. I'm in prison ministry, but I don't want to own a jail. And so one day the Lord told me, get involved. So I went to Ronnie and I said, hey, the Lord's told me to get involved. And he's like, I knew it, I knew it. And I said, now hold on, buddy. He just may want me to be an advisor. I don't think I'm really going to get involved. But the Lord did tell me to go ahead and get involved. And so I started meeting with Ronnie. Now, remember, Ronnie is paralyzed from the chest down. So he's a paraplegic. And I would go to his house and he would get out of his wheelchair and get on his knees. or He'd just sit down, basically, because he couldn't really get on his knees and lean up against the couch, and I'd get on my knees, and every Monday night for months, him and I prayed about this jail and how we were going to do it. And then one day I went to Ronnie, and I said, you know, we've got a real problem. And he said, what's that? And I said, you own a car and a wheelchair, and I own a car and a house, and neither one of us have a savings account. It takes deep pockets to build a jail. How are we going to build a jail? And he said, Bill, do you think God would give us this idea and not allow us to have the means to do it? And I said, no, I don't. And so we continued to pray. And then one day I was telling a friend of mine about it. And this guy had some financial backing. Um, and he said, that's strange you'd ask me about that. Because let me tell you about a dream that my mother-in-law had two years ago. He said, my mother-in-law in a dream had a sheriff come to her and say, I've got all these prisoners, what am I going to do with them? And she said, call Phil Butler. That was two years prior to me coming to him. And so Phil started praying with us on Monday nights. Wow. And the three of us were going to build this jail. And we bought the land, we put in a mile and three-eighths of water line, we got the blueprints drawn up and paid for, and we had everything going and we knew a Christian banker that owned three banks, and we went to him, and he was all excited. And he said, yes, I'll loan you the money. We needed $3 million to build the jail. And he said, I'll loan you the money. And a week later, he called us into the boardroom, and we sat down with him, and he had tears running down his face. And he said, guys, the board that I hired to keep me accountable said no. He said, I'll give you $2 million if you can go raise a million. Wow. And, I, and I'm not being, you know, I didn't even graduate from high school, so I don't know a lot about business. I said, well, can you give me the two million now so I can get started? <laughs> and we'll go get the other million. And he said, Bill, it don't work that way. <laughs> he said, you got to get the million and I'll ask. give you the two. You got to ask. <laughs> and so we back to our knees and we started praying. And God brought along a businessman, another businessman, another businessman, and they put in a million dollars, and we went back to that banker and got $2 million. Now, I got to tell you this, Bob. When we built that jail, 
the cheapest minimum security was about 25,000 a bed per bed and the best max the cost the cost to build a new jail was from 25,000 for the least amount minimum security to the best maximum security at 65,000 per bed I built that jail for $13,000 a bed Mm. wow we had a 200 bed standards we had a 200 bed jail we built it for 2.6 million and we had 400,000 for operating expenses until we got rolling when we got it opened. And so the miracles that took place during the building of the jail, we could do about 10 podcasts on. So I'm not <laughs> going to go into that, but that's kind of the that was kind of the history and I had to tell you that because it really was Ronnie's dream to build this jail. Right. And um so that's how it kind of got started. And then uh, I was the contractor on it. I was the general contractor, which saved us hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. by being the general. And I was the superintendent, and I was the overseer of the jail. And then I was the president of the company and ran the jail once we got it open. So that's... So, uh, <laughs> wow. Crazy story. So this was 2000, you said, it opened, no, right? We op- yeah, we, we started moving dirt. July 5th, 1999, the state of Missouri tried to stop us, and we had to hire a lobbyist to go to Jeff City. And I'll never forget the phone call I got from the lobbyist at 9 o'clock at night. He said, gentlemen, start your bulldozers. And July 5th, 1999, I started moving dirt, and we opened our doors in January of 2000. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Crazy Seven story. Months. And so then the battle was, and then when did when did you go, join, Dave? Well, Bill came to me probably late ninety nine. Uh, well, not actually. Actually, it was early ninety nine. I had a public meeting on April Fool's Day, nineteen ninety nine. Yes, and you were at my house praying, praying while I was at the public meeting. Yeah, public meeting. There was about public. six people at the my house praying for me yes. while wow. I was there with about three hundred people of the community, and when I came back to the house and walked in, they looked at me and said, you look like you have physically been beat up. Physically. Because I got, I got crucified in that meeting. They didn't, the, the community didn't want me to build that jail there. Oh. It's the NIMBY, not in my backyard. Right. No one wants a jail Nobody in their backyard. Nobody wants in their backyard. Right. And it, not knowing that we were going to do good to the community and not right. harm, but. Yeah. And yeah. did it end up being a blessing to the community? I would say yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, we did some business with the community, obviously. A lot of business. And, uh, yeah. and uh, so I uh, I never had, actually during those years, I never had any community members uh, speak any extreme disparity, uh, disparagingly about us. Uh, really. I mean, we always had good relationships with the community. Yeah. And so you brought in basically uh, people who are experienced running jails. And Bob, I tried that to kind hire of thing. And right off to start with, we hired Dave Burris, who's with us today, who had 20 years of experience. At, He's a, a professional doing this. At a county yeah. jail, yeah. A, a big, a large county jail. Yeah. Uh, we hired a, a man to be our security administrator who had been 26 years in a city jail. We hired another officer to be one of the top captains in the jail who had been 20 years in that same city jail. Another officer who'd been 
15 years in that same jail. So I had 40, 66, and 15, about, you know, 81 years of experience sure. in four or yeah. five guys. But then, but then also hired a lot of believers, we talked about last, last time, mm-hmm. who really, it was their heart to basically bring the values of Jesus into this, into the prison, the, the jail world, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, then, and then you had a whole bunch of volunteers who did most of the ministry, is that right? Most of the actual ministry? Oh, yeah, took most yeah. of the ministry the was, volunteers. was done. Actually, all the ministry was done through volunteers. Yeah. Um, well, Ronnie was the chaplain, mm-hmm. paid for a while. Uh, I believe that the two, geographically, the two most demonized places on the earth are mental institutions and jails. Mm-hmm. Correctional institutions and mental institutions. Yeah. And so Which, you got a lot of demonic why, why activity. Shouldn't, why wouldn't we be there then? Yeah. Right? You and, know, and, why and shouldn't so we go there? All the Christians that we hired had a heart to reach out wow. to those people. Yeah, sure. Right. M- most of the Christians that went to work for us knew what they were getting into. And yeah. they understood that we were there. We were on a mission. Right. It's kind of like the Blues Brothers. We were on a mission from God. And our mission from God was to love these guys right. and love them into the kingdom. Be the light of the world. I mean, I mean, you know, you're saying it's dark, but where, where, where should the light be? Yes. Right. Yeah. Except where it's dark. Right. So. And the jurisdictions we held for, I mean, obviously, didn't have a whole lot of concern about that part of, of our course. purpose. Of course. But they did have, of course, a, a real uh, a concern about the security right. of the facility. Right. And so we were able to do both. We had good security. We provided right. good security. We provided good uh, reporting and, and, and uh, uh, we, we, record keeping. and it, we Go ahead, Bill. We had basically a minimum security jail with maximum security features. Yeah. Yeah. We, had, we had actually, uh, I remember the, uh, and it's probably on Google still, the, the chief of police of Independence who said it was like a federal prison. You know, it was a minimum security municipal jail. But you did a fantastic job. But it was job, built yeah. like a federal prison, and it was being run with that kind of standard. You know, high standards and very secure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's awesome. It's really what I tell. You know, I encourage Christians to get in business, and the reason is to be able to bring your value system in, which is his value system: loving Amen. people, having integrity, honoring human beings, mm-hmm. right? Servant leadership. That putting, being able to put these things in practice and putting our value systems in practice, but we should be the best Jesus, at what we do. That was Dave's. Dave. Dave always said we have to do things with excellence. Absolutely, because Jesus is the most excellent. That's right. He doesn't do things shoddily or half-heartedly. We have to do it with excellence, and that's yeah. what we try to do. Yeah, yeah, we really did. And we had an element in uh, our security administrator, Bill Howard, came from. Uh, a different jail, a city jail, and uh, working with him, he he brought he brought an element to this jail that I wasn't uh, real familiar with because I it was security, security, security where I came from, but he brought in something that I gradually realized uh, it was such a blessing, and that was uh, uh, just a, a softness, a, a caring. And he literally ministered to these inmates whenever he got the opportunity. And usually it's following a disturbance or a fight or something like that. Wow. I remember one time, the very first time, 
these two guys got, uh, there was a fight. He had a captain handcuff the two fighters together and escort them up to the disciplinary hearing. Handcuffed together, the two guys that were fighting. And I go, what? what Bill, what, what are you doing? What are you thinking he goes, there? He goes, well, uh, let's just try this. And he had these guys apologizing to each other. Oh, my And he had these gosh. guys. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. I am wow. not used to this. And yet, I got used to that element. And it was it was precious. It was precious. Wow. And... Uh, uh, I love Bill Howard, Joe Burns, uh, uh, the captain that, that came with Bill. Uh, just they love the wow. Lord, they love these inmates, and and yet they knew jail security, and just is an honor to work with them. And it was an honor to work under Bill. Uh, great leadership. Uh, and uh, anyway, it is it is so important. You know, this is I wrote this book called Marketplace Christianity, and it's really about practicing Christianity every single day at work. Right, yeah. doing bringing Jesus into our jobs, and you know this whole Western Christianity. We we have this idea that it's really separate, and this is a perfect example of a guy that's just you can shine the light every day. You can be a fantastic, you know, what do you call it, a jail guy? You know, what what is correctional that? Officer. Correctional officer. You can be a, the best where your best practice is doing things right with absolute excellence, but you're shining a light bulb. Exactly. You're loving people. You're treating them well. You're, you have honest honesty, integrity. You're, you're serving people. And at the same time, the best you can possibly be in your field. And, mm-hmm. and this is exactly, we need, we need every single Christian at work. This is our mission. This is our mandate, right? To get a hold of God and and to bring him in and and do your job the way he would do it, you know. Yeah. And so it's 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 an awesome awesome story. And uh, it you was know, quite a privilege. It, it was a, a ten year run that I it changed my life. You know, uh, Bill hiring me and giving me this opportunity to be a part of this was uh, changed my life. It just was the it was unbelievable. If I mean, you know, there's nothing glamorous about corrections, <laughs> but. Uh, I experienced something that was uh, amazing. And, and something, Bob, I have to tell you that, uh, and I know you can edit this thing if you have to, but something I have to tell you is that Dave Burris had 20 years at Jackson County, Bill had 26 years at MCI, and Joe Burns had 20 years at MCI. Those guys walked away from their pensions to come work for me. Yeah, they they gave it up. Yeah, they lost their pension. Wow. I mean, Dave is having to work today because if he had been getting his pension from all them years down there, and Bill hired had twenty six years, and had a pension coming and lost it, yeah. he walked away from it. That's awesome. He chose to come. He they believed enough in 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 my dream and my vision, Ronnie's vision. That we were going to change the lives of these people, yeah. they put more value on that than the than the rest of their life having an income. Of course they do. And I mean, that's what it means to be a Christian, right? Yeah. Well, it was it was it was uh, it was an honor. Yeah. I mean, we were so excited. Yeah. Honestly, this is it's everyday Christians changing the planet, and yeah, there's thank God there's a cost. I mean, this is. 
he lets us endure a little bit of a little bit of his pain. He lets us he lets it cost something so that our sacrifices cost something. Yeah. Right? Well it has to be every day, Bob, because you know, part of my testimony when I go to prisons today and speak is uh uh I can't live a boring life. You see, if you just if you just if you just a, an inmate asked me once, he said, I want to be a Christian, but I'm afraid it'll be boring. And I said, you're right. It is boring. And he said, it is. I said, oh, being a Christian is real boring. If you're talking about laying your Bible down on a shelf and just picking it up on Sunday morning and going to church <laughs> and then coming back from church and laying it down and not picking it up till next Sunday. But if you're talking about living for Jesus 24-7, 365, there's nothing boring about it. Yeah. And if you live for him all the time, you're going to... you're whether you're in the marketplace or the market buying groceries, you're going to let your light shine and people are going to hear about Jesus and they're going to see the, the life in you that you have and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. So it, it is, It's so cool what you did. And I, my, I think Christians, we need to build businesses that carry our values. We need to go into all these places and bring the value system of God in and, and change the way things work for the better. Right. Amen. You know, why not go and change? Why not? You know, I have people in, in I was telling you about, you know, Sean Malone, who is going into the world of, of you know, uh, tragedies, uh, tragedies, changing the entire value system of the way that's done. People in banking changing the entire value system of the way the way banking is done, you know, and you guys changing it with with jails. And just again, it's such a small thing. I know integrity was a little tiny deal, but it's 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 a big deal. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, and it did cost you something. And one of the things that so struck me, and I want to get Bernie, you know, I got to I got to get Bernie on in this the next one here, if possible. And and it, it did cost. I mean, you know, everybody thought they're going to make a lot of money, thought it was going to be easy. And you had incredible difficulty. So in the midst of in the midst of incredible blessing, right, the complete transformation of prisoners lives and this thing completely blowing up on the holy spirit encountering and all this and at the same time you had opposition right oh, tremendous yeah. big, opposition big and and this is this is christianity mm-hmm. right it's like yeah we're bringing god in but we are we are not unopposed gentlemen all right we are not unopposed talk about some of the challenges that you guys well had to had to endure. i remember right before we opened and we were really under the gun trying to get, I was, I was pushing real hard to get us open and, uh, didn't want to go to lunch. I'd, you know, either not eat or bring a sandwich and eat it in five minutes and that'd be my lunch. And one time a, a friend of mine came down. Do you remember that when Des took me to lunch? Oh yeah. He come and said, let's go to lunch. And I said, I, I don't have time. And he said, no, you're going to take time. Let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch and he prophesied to me for about a half an hour. And he said, I asked my wife this morning, I wonder if the men who are getting involved with Bill Quorum have any idea what they're getting themselves into. He said, not only are you opening a business that's going to be run by Christian, a Christian business, you're going to do everything above board, no gray areas, you're going to pay your taxes, you're going to not cheat on your tax, you're going to do everything above board and run a Christian business. He said, when you're before you become a Christian, you don't have a target, but once you get it, once you say yes to Jesus, you have a target on your back. He said, now you open a business and you're going to do it right. You're going to do it with, you know, everything exactly right. Now the target just doubled in size. Yeah. Then you have the audacity 
to call your business one of God's characters, integrity. Now the target doubled again. <laughs> yeah. And then you're not just trying to help people, but you're actually going into the pit. You're going into the fire and dragging people out. Yeah. Now the target's really got big. He said, do the men that are involved with you have any idea what they've got themselves yeah. into? And then he went on and told me a bunch of stuff. Well, I'll give you a real, just a picture you won't be able to forget. I had just left one day. I'd been gone maybe 20 minutes up the highway. You know, I drove about 40 miles or so to work every day and back, 40 mile one way. And I left the jail, maybe been gone 20 minutes. And I get a phone call from Ronnie in his wheelchair. And he said, Bill, we're outside the jail and you need to see what's going on here. And I'm like, should I turn around and come back? And he said, here, let me give you the phone to Dave Burris. So Dave gets on the phone. And he said, Bill, I'm standing out here with Ronnie and Bill Howard and Marilyn. Marilyn was our administrative assistant. And he said, there's a, there's a black cloud right over the jail, about 50 feet above the jail. And it's rolling this way, rolling east. And there's a cloud above that, right touching it, that's gray. And it's rolling south. And then there's another black cloud on top of that that's rolling west. I mean, these clouds are rolling. And it's going right over the jail. And he said, Hollywood does not have the technology to make anything, the special effects to look like this. I'm telling you. And as he spoke that to me, Bob, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's a picture of the warfare that's going on over that project you guys are doing. And I can tell you another week it'd take me to tell you some of the things that happened over the next months and years. Yeah. Every There was something constantly we were under attack. Yeah. And we had a couple of people, uh, I, don't, I don't want to mention names, you, you probably know the people, but one night they came to our house, my wife and I, just them, a couple, and, and Debbie and I, and he asked me how much prayer covering do you guys have for what you're doing? Right. He said, you need prayer covering for what yeah. you're doing. And we saw over the next months and years that he was right. You know, it, and it's it's interesting, you know, and I, I started a business and we had a Christian testimony in this business and it was amazing. And and I, I, had, an, I had three different people, I don't tell the story often, but who came with dreams and said, the enemy is coming, uh, coming after the Christian testimony in this business. And, you know, we, we, we think, you know, I mean, the transformation is such a cool concept, but there is a price. Yes. There's a price to be paid. We will be opposed. Yes. And a lot of times we will, we will take it on the chin. And, and that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean we lose. It means we gain some ground that's right. at the same time. You know, you know, it's a, you know, actually, I'm actually, uh, one of my, uh, great, uh, forefathers was Daniel Boone. And Daniel Boone, you know, crossed the Cumberland Gap and opened the Cumberland Gap for for the for the settlers and all this. And I mean, today you can cross the Cumberland Gap at seventy miles an hour in the, in the interstate freeway, you know. And but back then, you your life was in danger, and that's what we are. Mm -hmm. We are pioneers, right? We make it a little easier for the next guy to get there. But boy, most pioneers, you know, you end up you know with some with some arrows in your back. Yeah. And it's pioneering is, is is never easy, you know. But you guys, I know you 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 alluded to you know 
the state opposing the building of this thing. And, and I know from from the history of just what I know that you actually had some uh, some of the jurisdictions were opposing you because of, you know, they they had their own agendas. Right. right? And uh, so just tell us some of the some of the stories about just some of the opposition that that you had to endure. Go ahead, Dave. Well, <laughs> you, I'm not telling you guys. Well, you guys don't want to. Well, you don't want to go no, public. It, 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 I understand, was, so you don't have to. It say was real interesting. The local um, uh, law enforcement uh, head was. We were in his county, and he, you know, we saw many evidences of his uh, desire to Close. have us gone. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, because he wanted to build his own jail, a uh, ten right. million or however many million dollar jail in in the county seat, and uh, so we were, you were actually in his way, yeah, because he wanted to build his own deal. Well, I mean, and I could probably say this because he's no longer in office, even, no. um, and that's a whole other story. But uh, he actually—I'll never forget it. April Fool's Day, nineteen ninety-nine. I did this public meeting. Uh, he was there. He was the biggest voice at the meeting uh there'd be 10 people opposing there'd be 10 people lined up at the microphone to ask me a question and he'd run down jerk the microphone out of their hand and ask me a question then he'd go back up and so so he he didn't like you guys at all the next day april 2nd 1999 this is word for word what the newspaper said these people are interfering with my plans to build a new jail and i because i kind of went how are we interfering? I mean, we're not taking any county money or any state money or any... We're doing this with private money. But now I realize, because if there was already a jail there, the county wouldn't vote him to build a jail because there's a jail there already. So that was his thought, was that if we built a jail, right. then the county... His pet project. The that. people would say, yeah, because that's that's a project every sheriff would like to do, would be a, I to build a While sure. they're in office, to be able right. to say... You know, some of them were even named after so, them, you know, so, to say that I built that jail <laughs> while I was the sheriff. I mean, human beings are political animals, right? right. And, and and it's always been this way for thousands of years, right? And so we, we, we get in the middle of political things. You have that energized by demonic activity and personal ambitions and animosities and everything else, right? And so a lot of times it just gets gets focused on us, you know, mm-hmm. Um and and I know I know I mean you guys you guys lost money right for many years yes right and so it was your investors were enduring a world of hurt which was extremely hard on me because oh, yeah. um, I didn't have any money to put in it right I was given my little ten percent ownership because of my sweat equity right uh, and and my idea and my vision and whatever Ronnie and my Ronnie and I both got 10% because it was our vision it was our sweat equity it was you know our meal and his couch for months praying and so they gave us 10% ownership um, and the the guys that actually put green money in there uh, you know for me to call the head investor the guy that put the most in and say I need $30,000 to make payroll this week. Man, it was tough. And that first year, you want me to say numbers? Say it. We lost $887,000. Now, most businesses that lose 887 do don't have a second year. (laughs) 
But these guys, which is also hard on me, these guys believed in me so much <coughs> and my dream mm. and my vision that they yeah. put that money in and kept us going. Now, the second year, we actually got a contract with a county that was in another state, and we averaged 110 inmates a day from them, and we literally made a taxable profit of $250,000 wow. that second year. Now, that sounds great, but you're still 600 and some thousand in the sure. hole, right? And then the third year, it lost 330, and the next year, it lost 300, and the next year, it lost da 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 and just kept going. And it, honestly, after about the fourth year, I had left because I'm a convicted felon. And I had tried unsuccessfully for three years to get us a contract with the federal government. Because if we could have got that contract with the federal, and we were trying to get a contract with INS, the Immigration Services, which is now called ICE. Uh, if we could have got that contract, our financial problems would have been over. Right. And I tried unsuccessfully to get that and couldn't get it. And so somebody told the stockholders, we had a lawyer. It's we better had if we got rid of the felon. No, they said the reason you can't get a contract is because your president is a felon. Yeah. And so you got to get rid of him. And so they come to me and talk to me. And I was like uh, Abraham, sacrificing my son. Sure. I, except I was my own self. I said, you know what? If it means saving the jail... I'll, I'll step yeah, down. Sure. I'll you, leave. You have to do what's in the best interest. Of the, and it was not easy, believe me. Uh, it was a very hard thing for me yeah. to do. But I stepped down. I walked away. Um, and uh, you, you know, you know, we we talked. We talked in the first session about all the lives that were transformed. I mean, thousands and thousands of inmates. Forty thousand, at least. Dave and I decided that went through there. Who were transformed, and many of them literally had their lives completely turned around, hundred percent. I mean, how do you think God feels about that, right? Mm -hmm. How do you think God feels about that? Let's see, dollars okay. per soul. Yeah. yeah, and 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 and, but there's so many heroes in the story, from three gentlemen you mentioned who left their pensions, right? Yeah, yeah. and and the heroes of the investors. We we don't we think of martyrs as those who give blood, yeah. but there's other kind of martyrs. There's financial martyrs, right? There's pension martyrs, right? You know, and it's no different. It's it's you know it's not not that level, but it's legit. Absolutely, it's real, you know. And to pioneer something, to to change souls, to bring an impact, and to leave a legacy like this. There's so many heroes to the story, and even it's like everyone got a chance to be a hero, in their own way, from the investors. To the to the pensioners, to the founders, right? Got a chance to lay something down. I mean, it is this is such a God story at every level with such a great a great God summation at the end. Well, Bob and, and Jim, the guy that you mentioned earlier, Bernie. Bernie said that he couldn't put any more money in after about the third year, and then and then he kept going. <laughs> For seven more years, but here's what he said after about the about the fourth or fifth year, because I think I asked him or somebody, and I was already gone. You know, I already had another business going, and I said, how, how? and he said, Bill, as long as there's a man getting saved there, I'll keep putting money. Yeah, I, I remember talking to him at that at that point, and and I said, can't aren't you gonna stop the bleeding? He says, I can't. As long as there's a person getting saved, I can't yeah. stop. 
Yeah. And, and, and the truth is, even there, I mean, part of me as a businessman, I'm just a hard-boiled businessman. I think, look, that's dumb. You know, you can't throw good money after bad. But the truth is, God blesses us. And yeah. sometimes you lose, you pay it A, but you reap it B. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you sow it A, but you always reap it B. And, and, and God always balances the books. Always balances the books. And if, it, if it's not in he this... Cooks them your direction. If it's not in this life, <laughs> it's in the next. But most of the time, it's in this life too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We will, we will see one day yeah. the rewards of what Bernie yeah. did. I don't believe, I can tell you this, and I, I maybe should It was five, six years after he'd lost money every month, every year. <laughs> lost money, lost money, lost money. Lost. I'm talking... 300,000 a year. Okay? One month they made like 30 grand. Or no, it wasn't even that. 25 grand. Well, I don't know the number. You might remember. Mm-hmm. You know what he did with the money? Split it among the employees. This guy, Bill Howard. <laughs> I mean, you'd be kind of tempted after you'd put millions so... of dollars in something every month and you're losing every month. Yeah. Five years later, you make 30 grand and you, you'd go, oh, I will take that, at least take my wife to dinner. Yeah. No, he no. gave it to these guys. Yeah. There's not a man on the planet like that guy. I, I love that guy. I know. I know. And and the truth is Nobody knows. The you know, the Lord has blessed him. You might need exceedingly. to edit that. Because <laughs> well, I don't know if I should be I know, telling that, but I know. you know, I love I love you telling the story. And I and I love I love the story of the you know we I want to tell the glory stuff I want to tell the glory stuff I want to tell the cost stuff too because a lot of times we go in to change the world and we think it's going to be free and it's never free you know ever I've been doing this I've been telling stories for fifteen years and every single one of my stories has a backstory every one and uh, so yeah I just I love you taking the time to tell the story and hats off to you guys. Hats off to you, Dave, for, for doing this. Bill, for doing this. And all the other people that are unnamed and named in this, you know. And uh, it's awesome. I love what you're doing. Thank you for encouraging the saints. Thank you for transforming the lives. And before we sign off, I do just want to, uh, you know, tell about Bill's book. It's called The Ultimate Pardon by Bill Corum. That's Bill, C-O-R-U-M. You can go to BillCorum.com, all right? And um, this is a... That'll take you everywhere else. That'll take you everywhere else. And this this book is about his life being transformed by the power of Jesus. It is absolutely amazing. I've I've read through it and and it's changed thousands and thousands of lives of of folks and uh, turned them around in prison. So this is this is really what this is about. You know, this whole this whole influent podcast. Our, our our whole goal is to is to get people close to Jesus. This is become who you're supposed to be which you've done, you've done, right? It's, it's um, build success, become successful, become leaders in your field, become excellent, build some success, and then, then influence society, change the way things are done, be salt and light in everything you're doing. And so this is such an example of that. And, uh, and you guys, you know, 72 years old, right? Yes. So you're just getting started. I have, I have 23 years, brother. <laughs> I used to go home from a prison weekend and tell my wife, I love doing these prisons. I love being on those prison yards, talking to those inmates, telling them how Jesus can change their life. I want to die of a heart attack on a prison yard. She said, Bill, please don't say that. We speak life or death. We speak blessing. 
we eat the fruit of our lips. Don't say you want to die of a heart attack. I said, honey, I am so sorry. How's this? I want to die of a heart attack on a prison yard telling the inmates how Jesus changed me when I'm 95. She said, that's okay. <laughs> so I, and I'm foolish enough to believe the Bible from cover to cover. Yeah. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desire of your heart. The desire of my heart is to die on a prison yard when I'm 95. Mm. And my wife believes the word enough that she says she's not going with me that year. Yeah. (laughs) I would just throw in, I'm going to pick an aneurysm in my sleep. (laughs) After a day of ministry. All right. Well, we sure appreciate it, Bob, for allowing us to, to tell you this precious story. All right. Thank you guys for being with us, and we'll catch up with you later.